Never been the type for the prom queens I just need a little hippie chick in a mom jeans Sucker for a blind free dick, got a mom jeans, yeah Type of chick you probably find in God dreams, yeah Never been the type for the prom queens I just need a little hippie chick in a mom jeans Hello and welcome to season four, episode two of Freak in the Mom Jeans. It is me, the freak. I have returned. Um, and we're staying on schedule and we're getting episodes recorded. This is like a big deal, um, honestly, right now. So I'm very happy to be here. Um, it probably helps too that I did have my return to therapy yesterday, um, which I'm recording this on a Saturday. So I have now my um, therapy sessions are at 5 p.m. on Fridays, which honestly, that is quite a powerful time to have therapy. I'm not even going to lie to you because um, it's like usually with my job, I'm like done working on Fridays, but like 3.34. Um, and so then I'm just kind of wrapping things up and getting ready for the weekend and getting to, you know, focus on things that I'm excited about. Um, so yeah, definitely a good time to be having that. So I had that yesterday. I think that has put me in a really great mindset for this episode and just knowing that I'm, yeah, have that consistently again, because, um, my therapist did for a second ghost me. Um, and I was a little terrified. I think I was not doing well for a while. Um, and I was trying to be my own therapist. Um, or trying to let my friends be my therapist, which is not what friends are for. Um, but I mean, you know, I, we were doing what we had to do and obviously I'm very thankful for my friends and thankful for how much I've grown to be able to feel like I can use the tools that I have um, that I've learned in therapy to like survive. Um, <laughs> but it was definitely good to have a neutral third party talking to me um, and listening to me more importantly. Um, and yeah, yesterday was very enlightening. I think a lot had happened in the past, you know, two or three months. It's like a lot and nothing happened. I think I said this in the last episode, but like a lot and nothing where nothing has really changed, but I feel like I have changed a lot based on scenarios that have happened. And there were some things that I definitely just needed to talk through and have my feelings validated and also have some feelings that I was feeling like checked and be like, okay, is that how you really feel? Or, you know, let's think through that. What does that mean? And um, <laughs> this is not even what this episode is really going to be about. Um, but I did feel like I needed to, to bring that up. So maybe in this first portion here, I'll just kind of tell you a few things that... I kind of heard from therapy and things that I want to remember. So I'm going to say them now um, so we can always go back to them. Because like I said, this is really a journal for me as much as it is sharing with other people. Um, and then we can get into the meat of the episode, um, which as a teaser of what is to come, uh, the purpose of this episode is really to talk about, uh, I guess, managing your life um, and your time and that's something that I for the longest time was overwhelmed by um, as someone who is definitely extroverted and gets my energy from being around other people and also thrives in scenarios where I'm kind of doing a million different things um, 
think that's something I've always thrived off of that and deadlines and like being pushed to my brink. Like, I mean, I studied journalism in college and definitely, even though that's not necessarily what I'm doing now, it is no surprise that that's what I did because I, A, just wanted to know a lot about a lot of different things. And I also love the rush of being like, okay, we got to turn it around. We got to, um, yeah, we're looking for a story, like constantly observing things and stuff like that. So that comes as no surprise, but what that comes with is a lot of, um, just, uh, figuring out how you can make all those pieces work. And I definitely don't have it fully figured out, but I have found a way, um, to function that m brings me more peace. And I feel like a whole person and I feel like, um, yeah, it's, it's manageable now. <laughs> um, which I do manage to music artists, so I guess I'm managing other people's lives too, so maybe that has helped me just bring that to my own life, but, um, yeah, so that will be the crux, I don't know, of this week's episode, but let's, let's <laughs> talk about some things I, um, learned in therapy, um, heard and received, um, and then, just, you know, obviously we're at the start of the year, so that's a big reason I wanted to have this episode now is, like, you know, we're getting into this new year, whether you believe in, um, you know, New Year's resolutions or not. I mean, I know people feel very specific about that. I don't necessarily do New Year's resolutions. I will, like, write a list of intentions, which maybe that is the same thing. Maybe that is a synonym of each other. I don't really know, but intentions for me are, like, what are some things I'm just focusing on? and, um, making, making it more, um, of a focus in my life. And so a couple of things I was writing down. Also, my cat is losing her mind. Um, so, hey, Basil. Hi. How's it going? What do you have to say for yourself? You're going to get a sibling soon, so you've got to yeah, we're gonna get another cat. That's one of my intentions. That one's not really an intention. That's just like, I need a second cat. Um, I'm losing a roommate. <laughs> By that, I mean, they are moving out and my best friend, um, and not for any reason. Like I love living with them, but I am definitely ready to live alone. And they had an opportunity to, um, have, live somewhere else. And so it just like perfectly worked out. So I'm losing a roommate. So that means I'm adding a cat. Um, okay, so going back to some things that I was thinking through at the start of this year, um, and this all kind of came out of, like, a recent situation, which was romantic in nature, of course. We always learn, I always learn some of the hardest lessons that way. I think it's just because there's such intense feelings, um, whether the relationship itself is intense or not. I think I just, yeah, learn a lot there. Um, that... I learn a lot from that and friendships and work, obviously, but romantic relationships always bring a certain something. So one of the main things um, I wrote down for this year is letting go of what you thought something was going to be and seeing it for what it is or what it was um, if it's in the past tense. And so I think it's tough when you're thinking about, you know, um, and I'm, I want to do a separate episode kind of deep diving into this of like, you know, expectations on things, but 
I think just seeing things for what they are is really important and not, you know, having hope, but not romanticizing too much. Like romanticizing your own life is beautiful, but romanticizing a person or a place, maybe that's, I think that's something I'm, I'm working through. Um, but that's, that's one of the things. And then um, another one is words must equal actions. Um, I think I remember listening to a really great Oprah um, podcast episode where she's talking about, you know, people, people will tell you who they are if you listen to them. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, people will say, oh, you know, I'm just the worst at X, Y, Z. And oftentimes we go, no, 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 like, you're great. Like, don't worry, you know? And I mean, to an extent, it's, it's great to, you know, um, let people know, you know, not let their insecurities get the best of them and let people know who they are to you and what they do for you. But there is another thing of like, well, people will just genuinely tell you what, what, who they are. And it's up to us to listen to that and determine if that is something we want in our lives or can, yeah, take on. And so that's one part of that. I think the other part of that being sometimes people will say things and <laughs> a lot of times people say things and then there is a matter of if there is follow-up or if that remains true. Like, it might be true for a time, but through the test of time are those things that they're saying actually true. And um, and if, if it changes, if they say they're going to do one thing and then they don't, do they ever tell you that it's going to change? Like, oh, I'm going to be here for you. That's amazing. And then they are there for you. And then all of a sudden they disappear, right? Did they tell you? they were going to um, change? Were they like, hey, I was in a place to be there for you, but now this is happening. This has changed. I can no longer be there for you. I wish you all the best. Or did they just disappear? And now their word of I will be there for you is no longer accurate. Um, so I, I, words must equal actions. One must equal the other. One without the other is kind of irrelevant? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe actions without words is super relevant and accurate. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think through that one. But anyway, so that's kind of that. And then, <laughs> oh my god, I had a really um, great um, conversation about, um, you know, obviously this romantic thing that I was in, it ended, and I think I just kind of explained what happened. They disappeared without telling me why. And I just said to my therapist, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, I feel like I am putting the energy out there that I'm looking for someone to be a partner. I am, I'm showing up for someone. I'm telling them what it is I want and what I'm doing. And, um, and it just keeps ending, um, one way or another, um, or not quite becoming a relationship or just, you know, missing a mark of something. And she was like, you know, when you're talking to a partner or you maybe just look at the end outcome, not the energy that you're putting out, but like the end outcome of this person is like, are the people that you're doing this with, are they someone, you know, just talking about myself, like I have amazing friends. I have work is going so well. I'm so happy, but this romantic piece is just missing, right? Or it doesn't feel like, not, I don't want to say missing, but it's just, it doesn't feel like I'm able to get that anywhere. And she was like, well, these people that you're, you know, pursuing this with, 
do they also have, um, you know, this beautiful life outside of the romantic life? Are they, are, do they have a job or a passion that they are succeeding in or not even succeeding, but just enjoying and doing and pursuing actively? Um, and then on top of that, do they have friends that they love and cherish and that they're proud of? And, you know, and I, that, that got me. I was like, damn, almost everyone that I've gone for in the past two years is, doesn't have that. And so then you have, and it's not saying that people have to be perfect or like have everything, right? But if what I'm looking for is a partner and someone to support me, then it would make sense that they kind of need to have those things in place. And also to have a relationship where one person is like having to, or ends up, especially when they're type two on the Enneagram like me, like rescuing someone, that can't work. There's an imbalance of power, imbalance of like what one can give the other um, and what one can expect in return. So that fucking blew my mind. Color me like shook. Um, That was an aha moment if we're gonna go on the trend of Oprah. Like I just went, God, no, they don't. There's like, I always am like, how can I help you with this piece that's missing, you know? And, and then I end up giving so much and then getting very little in return. And then the other person realizes, oh, what I need is this. And, you know, and then they need to do that on their own. It can't be something I give them or, you know, so I, I think that was a really big moment for me. Um, and then the, you know, the other part of this is when something ends and it's obviously not how you wanted things to go or how you wanted things to end. There's this element of, especially in this last situation that I was in, it's like being ghosted or being ignored. Um, there's this huge part of me that I went into the therapy session of like, and I, I was like, I'm going to go see him at work because I refuse to be ignored. And that's true. I just like it, being ignored, I think is one of the, things that hurts me the most, I guess, because it's a form of, it is a form of rejection in a way. Um, but being ignored is really painful. Um, and so part of me is like, I'm going to go, I know where they work. I'm going to go. They have some of my shit. I'm going to go get this back from them. Right. I'm going to look them in the face, not be mean about it, but just go in there and be like, Hey, you know, you can't run away. Right. And I was telling my therapist that, and I was like, I don't know, I'm feeling a little conflicted about that. I'm not sure what to do. And they're like, you know, what that is, is is your inner child being, like, stomping their feet and demanding attention and demanding the thing that you wanted. And while there's nothing inherently wrong about that, like, you shouldn't shame that part of you, because then if you shame, then it intensifies and you have the urge to do it even more like accept that that is how you feel and that's a a feeling that is real and then you know look to yourself who's now grown and has perspective and can say you know if I do that that's really only giving energy to that person that they most clearly weren't ready to accept or they're not going to be in a place to receive um and it will ultimately leave you feeling probably even more intensely how you felt before you ever did that, like feeling even more ignored or not understood. Um, Because I think being ignored 
is not being understood in a way um, or not being validated, um, which is why I think ignore, being ignored can feel like being gaslit. Like, it's just like, oh, you never existed. Like, I don't have to recognize that you're a person or a thing that happened in my life or a person that happened in my life. Um, and so, and then she was like, you know, if you just do what you need to do for you to take a lot of like self-care and self-compassion and focus on the things that are going well in life. And then, you know, knowing that in relationships in the future, you're looking for someone who has a beautiful life that can partner with you, then this person may eventually come back to you. And then you get to have the, like, not even satisfaction, but you get to just then respond however it is you need to respond in that time. And you'll be all the better for it. So that was really, really fucking powerful for me. So, yeah, it's been a good week. It started out not a good week, and it really rounded out to a beautiful one. um, And one that made me realize I... Yeah, I still have a lot of learning to do. I think, too, when I didn't have a therapist, I was just, like, sitting in my own thought of, like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'll figure it out. Like, I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Even when I go through rough patches, I'm doing pretty good. But, yeah, I got a lot to learn. I got a lot to learn from other people. So I'm I'm excited to keep learning. Okay. So... Thank you now for listening to 17 minutes of me just talking about what my therapist told me um, so I can remember it and um, put it into practice. Now what I'm going to talk about is a little bit of, like I said, managing your life. Um, And a lot of this is going to look like and sound like talking about scheduling, which I know is just like, oh, that has got to sound so gross. Um, But it truly, scheduling in my mind is equivalent to prioritizing because you're making time for something, you're setting aside specific time for it, and you're planning and you're getting, I think planning to me is also not a gross word or something that is like, oh God, because it means I'm passionate about something and I get to look forward to it. I think a lot of it is like looking forward to things while also you know, I guess if you're planning, you have to maybe assume that you already have things planned for like today, tomorrow, da da. So it's like you're living in the present while also having something to, you know, look forward to. I do that a lot with like making tattoo appointments and making plans for trips. That's something I'm focused on a lot this year too is, you know, I, I looked at my calendar and I went, you know, we just got through the holidays. I went back home, you know, I went to New York before that and I was in LA in October. I was like, I don't have anything on my calendar for the next year of where I'm going, you know, like I have a lot of other things, but not travel. And so, and that's a weird thing right now, but I need to have plans of something, even if it gets canceled, because that's something I think a lot of us in 2020, 2021, even, you know, we just didn't have anything planned because we figured it would all get canceled. And I hit a very depressive state and I have realized that for myself, I need to have things planned even if they get canceled. As safely as I can plan them, you know, with like not spending too much money, making sure it's refundable, which in this day and time, a lot of it is um, because we know it could get canceled. So, you know, just having safety nets in place. But I looked at my calendar and I was like, I, yeah, I just don't have anything. And I realized an intention I wanted to set for this year too is traveling more, 
um, specifically to places I haven't been or that, yeah, that I haven't been to, that I'm like, hmm, I've always wanted to go there. I feel drawn to it in some way. And, you know, not that I have the intention to move, but I'm young. I want to explore. I know that there are a lot of people I haven't met yet, and that is so exciting to me. Um, and I know that I can't meet everyone, <laughs> and no, I know not everyone wants to meet me. Um, but, you know, Portland, Seattle, um, uh, Northern California, these are places I haven't been, Austin, Texas, I, the places I haven't been that I was like, okay, I'm putting them on the calendar. I looked at March, I didn't have anything, and I said, Austin, with my friends, so fun. Then I was like, okay, what's well, a few months out from that? Mm, okay, well, I really want to do a road trip in the Pacific Northwest. Um, my sister graduates and has a birthday in June, March, April, May, June. Okay, I'm going to do a road trip. I'm going to visit all of those places <coughs> with her. And then, let's see, July, August, September, September, October, I want to go back to LA, I, somewhere I want to just continually go back to um, and keep pushing myself to meet more people there and experience more things out there because it's just so big and so, so much. And so then I was like, okay, well, and then taking small steps, you know, to, to plan those things out, more so like talking about it to people so that it is something I actually do. So yeah, like I said, a lot of that is just planning and getting excited about things. I think then you get down to more of the nitty gritty. Um, and that I think is where a lot of people get overwhelmed. Um, when I say that, I mean really myself. I, I just, I used to have a physical planner. That was like a weekly planner. I kind of miss having it. And honestly, I've been looking for one. I think finding one that is what you need it to be is really important. Um, I have one now that I'm like looking at and it was, it was like a daily planner and daily ones kind of honestly looking at things day by day is really stressful to me. I like to see the week at a glance. Um, and so I think, but visualizing is really important so you can kind of see what your week looks like. So it doesn't feel so like, I think for me, a week just sounds like a lot of time. So being able to see kind of how it pans out is nice. Um, so maybe you are someone who needs to write it down. I, like I said, I used to do that a lot. But specifically what I'll kind of like allude to and what I use is Google Calendar. And I'm sorry if you are not in the G Suite uh, realm, but I think most of us are. I'm gonna make a sweeping generalization there. And this is gonna sound so dramatic, but Google Calendar, Google Calendar has like saved my life um, because it allows me to feel in control and like I can move things around on there. I can um, like if someone else has a Google account, I can add them to the invite so that like I know that they know when it's happening and I don't feel like things are going to get lost and um, <clears throat> I love that I can add on there. Like I love a to-do list and I love to check things off and feel like I've accomplished something, even if it's super small. And so I love, um, 
you can like make a little task on there that you can then um, like cross through, like you can mark it as completed and it crosses it through uh, like it's done. And so that to me is really um, <laughs> fun. <laughs> Love gamifying things to make it more exciting, um, more appealing to use. Um, I think some people may have seen, and I'll definitely post on my Instagram, uh, what my Google Calendar looks like. And I think to a lot of people it would probably be really overwhelming and look like um, a torture device um, because I really do fill um, almost every moment. And, but a lot of those things on there that are filling the time are like, read, take a break, breathe, um, take a shower, like, and I know that sounds so, oh my God, you have to plan time for your shower, but I don't have to plan time for my shower. I just like, um, knowing that it's there and that I've like made time for myself more than anything. Um, because I think as an extrovert and as a number two Enneagram, I'm so about building connection with other people, um, that sometimes I forget <laughs> to connect with myself. And so what planning has done for me and what using a calendar has done for me has really helped me, like I said, prioritize and be realistic. Um, because a lot of times what I would do is like, and I still am guilty of this, um, and I'm sure some of you have felt the consequences of this, but I get so excited to hang out with people that, you know, I reach out to people. I'll do that. I'll do this sometimes. Like I'll reach out to like five people at one time that I haven't seen in a long time and be like, we should hang out. Like I'll text them separately. Right. And then they're like, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it next week. And then, you know, then sometimes I do this in groups of like seven or eight people. And all of a sudden what that means is that if it's seven people, that is one thing a day <laughs> outside of all the other things that I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I don't have a night to myself, you know. But what I realized, and this is something I kind of like talked through with my therapist too, is, you know, it's okay to set time limits with those people. Like, and that doesn't have to be like, oh, I only have two hours to spend with you. Like, I would never want someone to feel like, you know, time boxing them. What it means is like, well, let's go grab dinner. Let's um, come over and have a thing that we're like, completing together, you know, like, let's, um, watch this movie, let's, um, work on this project together, but, you know, I have, you can always make things up too, like, I mean, or not make them up, but just also be honest of, like, yeah, I'm, like, free till seven, and then I need to do some things for myself, you know, I, like, need time to myself, so, like, a lot of times I'll plan things from, like, 5.30 to 7.30, um, so that I, still then have time to like come home, take a shower, like read, write, um, work on the thing that I didn't get done earlier in the day, you know? Um, and so that's, that's been really, um, helpful for me. And I think another thing that we hear a lot in our, once again, I'm making a sweeping generalization that most of you are in your like 18 to 20, late 20s early 30s I'm not sure um I think what we hear a lot actually you know what age doesn't even matter here just in this day and age we're like I don't have enough time there's not enough time and it's like I don't think that's 
true. I think that that's always going to be a statement that we say, but it's like, if you really got down to what it is you really wanted, um, I do think there's enough time. Um, at least like if you're taking it week by week and not just, you know, becoming too existentialist about it. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I think there's just too much time. I'm like, oh God, there's too much time. I f need to fill it all um, with so many things that I love, but filling it for sure. So I think it's once again, looking at it, not from a time perspective, but looking at it, at it as a priority perspective. Um, and for me, what is most important to me is feeling connected with people. Um, and so if that means, you know, having dinner with my friends or like tonight going and grabbing a drink with two of my best friends, like that to me is not, oh, I don't have, you know, there's, I have so many things I need to get done. It's like my priority is my hanging out with them. So what do I need to get done before then to feel at peace when I'm with them, you know? And then that's when I make a to-do list and I check things off as they're done and then I feel really great. And the really great thing about Google Calendar is if I make a task and I don't get it done, I can literally just slide it over to the next day and then I have a whole nother chance to get it done and maybe do it even better than it would have been done. Um, I think... One of the things I struggle with um, is that I do make a lot of plans and I do put them on a calendar and I feel like once they're there, okay, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do that. Even if I get to the day and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm in the headspace to do that, you know, right? Um, but also, I don't know if you could hear that on this recording, but this just had a Slack notification like for my work and it was very triggering. Um, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Um, but yeah, I get to the day and I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know if I can, I don't know. I don't know. And, um, and then I'm like, oh shit, if I cancel today and I look at my calendar, I've already booked out a week in advance, you know, which I mean, this makes me sound like so, um, I don't, I'm realizing this makes me sound like, oh my God, she's so busy. She has no many plans, but it's like, I just, continually reach out to people and I'm like you once again not being ignored I think greatest year I constantly like you cannot forget me I will not let go of you you are so important to me so like let's make plans let's do xyz and so I constantly am making those plans and so if I get to a day and I'm not feeling up to it I look at it and I'm like oh, if I cancel I will not be able to see this person for another week right and that gets so I'm like I have not left any flexibility in my life. Like, I don't ever want to be, I think people look at my calendar, they probably think, oh my God, she's so fucking controlling. She's so just, you know, a lot, which is not wrong. Um, but I'm trying to leave and figure out how to become more flexible within structure or within order or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so, like, managed chaos, I think, is, like, a term, maybe, or maybe I just made it up, I'm not sure, but I think it's, like, I don't know if I have the answer to that. I think what I've done is, like, usually just 
hung out with the person anyway. Um, or, I mean, a lot of times people will cancel on me or I need to reschedule because life happens and things happen. And I think that's the thing ultimately is like, I don't ever want to get angry at someone that they can meet up and then, you know, that throws off my week. Like, I, I want to know that something can happen and I can react to it. And I think that ultimately the calendar has given me that because I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of like a puzzle, I guess. It's like, okay, that didn't work out. Could we do coffee? Could we do lunch? Like, I'm a person who can be flexible within that. Um, and especially for, once again, the things that are a priority. Like, if someone falls off the map, like, they cancel... And maybe it happens a few times. Well, maybe that's not a priority for them. And maybe I need to change how I look at it in my mind and deprioritize that, you know? And I, or, you know, it's a someone, like, I think about my best friend, one of my really good friends, Isabel, um, who is just, like, a badass and everything she does. She has a podcast um, called Collective Sound. Definitely check it out. Uh, I'm hoping to have an episode here with her soon, but such a badass, so busy. Um, I, if I were to guess, probably uses a calendar similar to mine. And, you know, we will go months without seeing each other. And it's not because we're not a priority, but it's because we know, we already know, we know what our relationship is. We know whenever we see each other, it is going to fill a hole that we, you know, haven't had, you know, like it, it, it will be beautiful and it will be wonderful and we will get to talk about so much. If anything, because we haven't seen each other in three months, we will have so much to talk about that it will just be so fun, you know? <laughs> and um, so that one isn't necessarily like being deprioritized. It's just we we have the ability to know that we are, um, we're always going to be there. It, it will just be there for each other when it's a good timing for both of us. And we both know that and have communicated about that. It's not like, uh, she knows. It's like, no, I, we have told each other that we understand that we can only see each other at those certain times and that is okay. So I think once again, going back to words and actions and communication and honesty, I'm just going to keep saying those, and those are going to be some buzzwords this season. Um, and maybe for the rest of my life, who knows? So I don't know if that maybe gave you insight into like how I manage my life or pretend to have it managed enough. Um, I, I think ultimately everyone is different and everyone has their way of navigating all the things that are going on in their life or getting excited about things. But this has been a way that has developed for me over time and has really helped me from a anxiety standpoint and also from a depression standpoint. And I think putting effort into figuring out ways that you can um, feel more in control or feel like you yeah, are, are in control of your own life and the way that you choose to spend your time and prioritize things in your life is a very positive thing. Um, so <laughs> if you have any questions or want to see my calendar 
I get very excited about it. I think I said that on a call one time with like um, some people I was working with and I was like, I just love my calendar. Like I'll screen share it with you. Like I get some rush out of showing people how packed it looks and being like, it's not as crazy as you think, you know, which it is as crazy as you think. Um, but yeah, if you have any interest in seeing that, I will definitely share that with you. Um, if you have any questions about anything I've talked about and want to talk about it, like I said, I am always here, happy to chat. Um, I think this year it is going to be a lot and it's going to be really good sometimes and it's going to be really bad sometimes, but I am fully ready to accept all of the things that come and learn from them and grow from them and talk about them with you. So, um, I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. Um, all you little freaks out there. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. Bye.